Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio. And to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Oh, good morning, Mark. Patrick, I'd like you to meet Hannah Beth Jackson, our senator. Good senator morning. Jackson, good morning. Delighted to be Can with I you. Can I call you Hannah Beth? Please, okay, please. Okay, thank you. Uh, some people like to shorten it to HB or HBJ. I'll, I'll answer to H- those things. HB, any of that. Any of that. I, I just love the that. good stuff. Well, just first, thank you so much. I, I appreciate your friendship. And My you've, pleasure. You, um, so let our listener know that about... It's actually your fault we're sitting here. It is indeed. I'm so thrilled about that. <laughs> Three years ago, you came into my office yep. and you said, uh, well, first you, inv- you invited me to uh, a, a, a gathering of uh, leaders, entrepreneurs, public service, uh, just everybody, about 70 people to City College. Right. And you talked about this, this big idea you had called JEDI, which was the uh, job initiative job j-e-d-i jobs and economic development initiative i love it and we, we thought talked we'd bring in the 40 somethings you know the old star wars people <laughs> of course yeah. of so course there it was. and it was there you can then after that meeting you came back and mm-hmm. you said mark we need your help mm-hmm. and many conversations later that turned into 805 connect which is this right. regional right. initiative and what we found was people are so busy that they, they wouldn't read the newsletter, they didn't read the blog, they wouldn't watch the webinar, and we were trying to find ways to engage them. And we came up with the, I met Patrick, and we came up with the idea of the podcast, and now we've had over 10,000 uh, downloads of our show. We're coming up on our 100th episode. So welcome to the show. Delighted to be here and, just and after thank that you. meeting at uh, City College. No, you know, I... I have lived in this area for a long time, and uh, there there is more that connects us than divides us. And I've been very frustrated, or I had been very frustrated, by the fact that we were in these different silos, that right. the city of Ventura doesn't talk to the city of Santa Barbara, mm. and uh, this chamber doesn't talk to that chamber, and we're all so protective. So what that, that initial meeting was, was to bring in some of the real innovative thinkers, the creative minds, including, of course, yours, to, to figure out a way that we could create this sort of corridor, this connectivity, right. Right. and right. Uh, recognizing that we have the University of California at Santa Barbara this huge uh, technology opportunity. Uh, We have uh, Cal uh, State University, uh, Cal Poly, and we have Cal uh, State University Channel Islands, and in between we've got community colleges, we've got all these innovators. Why can't we link everybody together to create this technology corridor? And we put, put together just, you know, my thought was let me put all these great minds in a room and throw that I, I, idea out there. And it started gelling. And then I, I knew of our past <laughs> yeah. uh, conversations sure, sure, that sure. you have this vision. And I knew, I remember we were in your office and you took a, 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 a magic marker and started writing all over your walls. Uh, Which that, I'm, I'm prone to do. And <laughs> I loved it because, you know, this is like a kid in his toys. If you could right. just write on the walls and you started 
making circles and putting arrows and and I knew that uh, you had the bug and here we are. I'm so I'm thrilled. That um, leads to kind of the theme of our TEDx this year, TEDx Santa Barbara, which is what if, right? I'm always thinking about possibility, like what what you know, what if we tackled this problem? Because what's interesting is uh, your you have jurisdictional awareness, let's say, from a, a little north of Santa Barbara to, you know, Ventura County-ish, right? Actually, uh, the, my jurisdiction, the, the, the 19th State Senate District, yeah. which I represent, goes from the San Luis-Santa Barbara County line. Okay, uh, right, just, so just north of Santa Maria. The entire county of Santa Barbara right. and all of western Ventura County up to the essentially the top of the Conejo to the slope. grade. Right. There's the below the grade above the grade people. I've heard. <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. Well again it's like everything else we get it's into another our silo. little silos right, and right, right, right. we can't you know I hear people say oh I don't want to go into Santa Barbara from Carpinteria. You got to pack a lunch right? <laughs> yeah, it's nine miles. <laughs> or where people in Ventura they live uh, in uh, Newbury Park and Thousand Oaks they don't want to come across the grade into Camarillo or right. Camarillo and, and Oxnard, they don't have, they don't talk very much, right. and vice versa. And it's silly because uh, if we expand uh, the possibilities, we can, we will discover that there are a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of uh, young yes. companies in yes. Oxnard because the cost of, of uh, uh, facilities there you is so much shocked. less. Well, Absolutely. you're not shocked. You you know, I mean, you know this, but when I, um, like, the first step in solving any problem is accepting that it's yours to solve. Okay, so that's what I did. It took me. You, you guys had to push me a little bit, um, and and Jan Campbell at the Santa Barbara Foundation, that's right. because I'd walked away from it a couple of times, going, "Oh, I don't know," because the challenge is that you've got three counties, you've got uh, several political jurisdictions, you've got geography challenges, Absolutely. you've got. Um, organizational, like the, the, just the counties, then the cities within that, then the various, there's 24 chambers of commerce, there's nine colleges and universities, there's 12 incubators. I mean, I can go on. I didn't know any of this prior. And then I started to look at, you know, why people aren't talking. It's not because they don't want to. It's they didn't know that those people existed. And, and then through the efforts that collectively we've all done now lots of people are talking sure. which is really all I want to do is is in any collective action it's are you asking the right questions or are you getting quality answers well I, I I agree except I also look at it a, a slightly different way you know um, the two most powerful emotions I believe are love and fear hmm. So if, uh, or hope and fear, that's the positive side okay. of things. And what, what I saw hap happening, when you talk to someone about working with another group or in interacting with them, there was the fear that they would somehow take over your space, that right. they would take over control. Or but take it, over your backers. Or take over your, exactly. <laughs> right. So if you get people who are working collaboratively in a positive way so that out of these possibilities uh, come enormous uh, opportunities. And that was what I was hoping to do by getting everybody together to discover there was more to be gained by working together than by sort right. of uh, getting into your shell and uh, creating, again, staying in those silos. If you look at what happened, and, and, and basically uh, part of my 
framework was I, I'm originally from back east from the Boston area. And what they were have been able to do by expanding out geographically, but recognizing that you've got some of the finest universities sure, with MIT sure, and Harvard sure. and so forth, out into a region. They have created the 128 region, yep. which well has known, been yes. uh, enormously successful. And of course, the most successful has been Silicon Valley. Right. You ask people, where is Silicon Valley? And they go, well, it's someplace up north. <laughs> because yeah. it's not, a, it doesn't exist. It's on HBO. Right, <laughs> perhaps. But but it doesn't really, it, 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 it has been created because what it is, is it's a, a whole string of innovation and innovative thinking that extends, I don't know, from San Jose all the way up through Berkeley with connections between the... Exactly. Uh, the Livermore Lab and um, uh, Stanford and, and Berkeley and everything in between, and you've got uh, uh, the great things going on in San Jose. So what what's happened is instead of everybody just kind of uh, – constricting into their own fear-driven worlds, they have expanded. And as a result, everybody has benefited. And that I, I see that as a tremendous potential here. And people like you are making it happen. So I, I just think, uh, again, taking what could be if you, I mean, I see this in the political world today, talking about fear, fear, fear. But if you talk about hope, then people open up. They're willing to take risks. They're willing to work together. There's a collaborative effort that exists. Uh, and I see it as a manipulation, frankly. If people uh, kind of play to people's fear, we, we don't accomplish anything. We just get deeper and deeper into our silos. And I think that that's a mistake. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on the hope and love side. I know you are. <laughs> okay. that's, that's who well, you are, Mark. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing that I've learned over the last three years has been paying attention to this. It's not just tech. That's We think tech. We think startups. I was at uh, Impact Hub yesterday. We were looking at that. Uh, we're going to be talking to the Hub 101 guys from Westlake. There, it's, it's, it's problem solvers. It's innovators. And if you look at this region, what was so interesting to me was the economic diversity uh, there's the whole, there's biotech, there's bioag, there's, there's 35 different clusters of things that are very, very interesting, completely off everybody's radar mm -hmm. because they're busy working, right? Right. They're, they're busy working. I'm not, I don't have time to go to meetings and it's, it's kind of interesting because the people who do have time to meet to go to meetings, I'm not really sure I want to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot of it, too, is not only are they busy working, but if they're young people, they have families. Right. So right, trying right, to right. balance all of the demands right. and responsibilities is a real challenge in today's world. So here's my first question for you, which is, and we've talked about this a lot on the show because we've had uh, professors of public administration, we've had uh, public servants, we've had all of that. To have a functioning democracy, we need people like you who are going to step up and lead and, and kind of do the heavy lifting that needs to be done, right? There's, there's, there. Well, there's so, policy, sure. We have to be able to reconcile exactly. all the great technologies with the fact that as human beings, we have certain basic and fundamental needs and desires and, Correct. and that putting those together isn't easy, but it's, it's so certainly the, interesting. The, the question is... If you were talking to, uh, uh, we have young listeners, so 17, 18, 19 year old, and you were trying to make the case for why they should go into public service, 
what would, what would your three things be okay, for well, them? Well, I think, first of all, uh, it's an opportunity to, um, to improve the world. Okay. Uh, secondly, um, it's extraordinarily challenging and rewarding. How is it rewarding? Well, it's rewarding if you can do something that's going to make somebody's life better or okay. if you're going to direct society into um, an arena where uh, life is going to be uh, easier for people. Uh, an example, a food policy. Sure. You know, people need to eat. And there are a lot of people who don't have enough food. There's an enormous amount of food insecurity, even here in Santa Barbara County. Our low-income children are frequently, we provide uh, food for them at schools because otherwise they come to school hungry. We know nobody learns if your belly is, is right. railing right. at you and you can't right. think because you have no fuel in your body. Uh, so to be able to help those, those children. And, and third, it really requires a lot of creativity. How, what do we do as a society so that those children don't come to school hungry? What can we do so that the families that support those children are actually able to support them, where the children are nurtured and loved and and treated with respect so that they have the same opportunity to be successful that that those of us who want to be involved in public service have had. You know, they're but for the grace of God, they say. Mm. Um, and it's an opportunity to give back. I think that can be very rewarding. Uh, there are challenges, certainly. Yeah, so, so let's, we, we like to talk about dragons on the show. Dragons, okay. Right, right. right. because it, cause a lot of times it's just, it's all the good stuff. Uh-huh. But there are dragons around. And, you know, it's, oh, slaying the dragons is how we, you know, we, we learn from that, sure, right? Sure. So, what are the what are the challenge? Another way you can say challenge, dragons are fun, but what are the challenges of well, that? The, the challenges basically the first is that it, it's an imperfect system, mm. uh, so it can be frustrating. Um, uh, certainly, uh, as a public servant, you know, sadly, uh, public servants are frequently vilified. They're right. made to be the bad guy. It's, it's an imperfect world. It's an imperfect system. And people have great expectations that if they aren't met, uh, it's, you know, you're the first one they can point the finger, a finger at or the finger at, depending <laughs> in today's world. I sure. won't venture which okay. one it seems to be used more frequently. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't uh, honor public service the way we used to. Um, mm. we, uh, we look at people who go into it and say, you know, they couldn't get a real job or mm. uh, let them go out into the real world and, and tackle real issues. I can assure you that the issues that we tackle in the political world are quite real and uh, that there are sometimes not perfect answers, sometimes not even good answers. Uh, but, um, and, and on a personal note, I mean, your life is really uh, up for scrutiny in everything you do. It's 24-7, 24-7. Right? I know when I go into the grocery store, I'm always mindful of what I put in my cart. You know, someone's going to run out and say, I saw Senator Jackson fry cookies uh, or what have you. So, Senator, what's your trick to, um, or not trick, but um, your your the, the way you operate when, when you are representing a group of people that, that maybe don't agree with you, that you have a group that, that yeah. definitely agree with you, but, but you're still the representative for all of those people that right. don't agree with right. you as well. And you still have to, to somehow deal with, with their needs sure. and their, their expectations for your office. Well, what I try to do first of all is listen. Mm -hmm. I want to hear what exactly it is that, that keeps us apart in our view of what 
what should be done. And then I try to find the common ground. Hmm. Is there something where we can agree? And if there is, we'll start there. Because from there, you can develop a sense of trust, uh, a, a, a respect for another person's point of view. And I think that's what people really want. They want to be listened to. They want to be respected. Uh, they want to be heard. Uh, and frequently, you know, at the end of the day, we end up respectfully agreeing to disagree. Sure. And, and, but there, people leave the room feeling that they have been heard. And I think that's what most people want. And to the extent that we can find the common ground, work out something that works for everybody, that's the ultimate, that's the success. But sometimes you can't. You just have people who absolutely disagree. Uh, and what you do is the best you can to respect their point of view, uh, but to do what you feel uh, is the right decision. And that's what leadership is. Um, at the same time, never disrespecting people because they disagree with you. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But sometimes, uh, if I can have a conversation with people uh, and get to the heart of their concern, I can either dispel it or discuss where maybe that's not totally consistent in it and give them some suggestions on another way to think of the problem so that maybe we can come to a, 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 an agreement or vice versa. Listen, I mean, I have... Yeah, do you go into the room with, with, with... Have you been changed in the room? Like you go into the room and somebody who has a distinct opposite opinion of yours? Well, uh, I certainly um, uh, have had instances where I, I have come to believe that there's another way of looking at it. Hmm. Maybe we can mm -hmm. approach it mm -hmm. from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I think what's important is to again, to listen carefully to see if we can find the common ground. And maybe point that out to them. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the goal ultimately is, is to get, you, you want people to end up, um, uh, you know, having a common interest and, and having a common goal, having they, so we sometimes call it skin in the game, yeah. where they, they feel as though they're participating and they're, um, they're contributing so that at the end of the day, everybody feels like they've gotten a little something out of the discussion or out of the solution. We, we learn that in, um, when we're uh, doing engagement strategies for software. It's interesting enough that you said that. It's that um, w with a community, there needs to be, well, like, what's the goal of this group? And everybody's on board for that, and everybody's opted into that, and everybody's aware of the progress towards that goal. Um, newly minted word gamification comes up a lot, mm. which is how is this thing a game? What part of it is a game? And the game says we, we know who the leader is, we know what the rules are, we know where we're going, we all opted in, we didn't, we're not conscripted to this, mm -hmm. and uh, we, and there's some, a leaderboard. So there's a little bit of competition, which mm -hmm. we all like as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I start to see those parallels in what you just said. It's like, okay, the game is solve that problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, you all came to this meeting willingly. We didn't drag you to this meeting and you have different points of view. So the trick is, are we clear on the mission? Because it may be we're not clear on the mission, to your point, right? It's like, Very well, good. Well, yeah. okay, are we all clear on the mission? Okay, good. Are we clear on what the outcome and the value of achieving that goal is? Yes or no? Yes, no. Okay, now we're good with that. And are we clear on how we're going to measure our progress? We call that, um, we have shorthand for that called OMV. What's the outcome? How are we going to measure it? What's the value? Mm. And we've, there's a, a book 
on this, but we've reduced everything. When I say we, Kimberly and I, and then all the projects we're involved in, is the OMV. And a lot of times when you, you're talking to someone and there's some breakdown in communication, they're not clear what the outcome is or what the uh, objective is. So let's just back up, stop. What are we trying to get done? And what happens when we get there? And will we know it when we see it? Mm -hmm. Most people don't spend time framing things that way. But when you do, they're like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, I'm on board. And it has this wonderful uh, sense of, to your point, it's helping us find common ground. Right. right? And if everybody has a little buy-in to a situation, Very they're much. more willing to try to make it work. I thought we just, whoever's in charge, we just listen to them and do whatever they say. Isn't that how leadership no, that's works? Your father, that's <laughs> your father. <laughs> I was confused. I just thought, I don't you know, know that one. I've never been there. And no, done that. that doesn't no, work just to no. be the majority and just, well, since we are the majority, we get to tell the minority what to do, right? Isn't that how it works? Well, in a democracy, the majority can become the minority. So <laughs> better that quickly. you try to work together and respect. Right. Again, a lot of it has to do with just respecting other people's opinions, even if you don't agree with them. Hmm. They're entitled to their opinion. Gee, that, that seems like a theme that should maybe be echoed a lot more? Well, I'll tell you, in today's world, you know, it's we tough. just had this terrible tragedy in Orlando. And yeah. I was thinking back to 9-11. And no matter what your point of view was mm -hmm. on why, who, what, where, and whatever, this country came together uh, to mourn that event uh, and to, uh, to, to stand in solidarity, which is, I think, at certain points in time, very important. Not this time. I mean, we, the, the, the dissonance, mm. uh, the, the finger-pointing, the hate. I mean, this is not what, what I know this country to be, especially in times of uh, great need and tragedy, such as we've just had. It's, uh, uh, I think it, it's leading us down a very dangerous and destructive path, and I think we have to figure out a way to just, again, at certain points in time, we come together as a country and as a people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, on Joe Cox, the, the British parliamentarian who was well, that, uh, tragically struck down. Well, that was uh, uh, just uh, shocking, I think, to the people of Britain. You know, um, they don't have gun violence and violence quite right. the way we right. do in this country because people don't own guns. They don't think to own guns. But uh, in the, those rare instances, and clearly, uh, as I understand who Joe Cox was, she was a uh, a 40-something uh, young mother mm -hmm. who felt passionately about helping others, um, who also was very passionate about keeping Britain in the EU, mm -hmm. right. which is a very, very emotional issue yes. in Europe, uh, and had just uh, c come from a meeting where she was talking to constituents about this and having like a town hall. Um, I don't know much about the assailant. I suspect part of it was politically motivated. I wouldn't be surprised. And part of it, you know, a lot of people who resort to violence uh, have real mental health issues. They right. can't cope. They aren't willing to respect other people. Um, and I think it's, uh, it's viewed by Britain as a very, very sad day. She was from uh, the uh, opposition party to uh, Mr. Cameron, and he had a very eloquent uh, statement uh, in response to her uh, her death, and uh, I think that country will come together. But in this country, when we have people from the pulpit uh, condemning the, the victims, mm -hmm. there should have been more. I mean, uh, mm. and then a uh, presidential candidate who is um, laying the blame for this at the feet of the president. My goodness, I mean, this is... 
this is not what this country is or, uh, you know, we call America the last great hope. Mm-hmm. And th- we're certainly not behaving that way. And it's, I, it's very disconcerting. Britain suspended the debate on the issue the moment Correct. it happened. That's and I right. think that was, that was a huge reflection of, of the maturity or the, the revenants with which they take, you know, what a horrible act that was. As they said, whoa, this is clearly getting too heated here. Right. We need to back off a moment. Well, think about it. I mean, the more violence there is, the more immune people seem to get to right. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had mass shootings, you know, go back a decade or more at, at schools. We've had two of those. We've had people who've been killed in a movie theater in a mass killing. We had 20 little six-year-old mm. children blown to sky high in a school. Uh, we've had here in Isla Vista, we had uh, um, a, a misogynist uh, young young fellow who was clearly off the rails, had access to firearms. We just had this fellow, the more we're learning about him, his anger, his uh, um, violent tendencies, was able to go out and get an AK-47 or assault weapon. Are we becoming so anesthetized to this kind of thing? Can't even get any discussion of this in in uh, Washington, D.C. And in fact, uh, it was here in California where we put uh, some money from this year's budget into developing uh, a, a program where we are going to study this whole issue of gun violence. Can't do it in, in Washington, D.C. I mean, to me, that makes no sense. That's figure out what is the source of these mass shootings mm-hmm. that are, and we become anesthetized uh, to to this whole notion of, of killing people. In Britain, they have this one incident, a heartfelt incident. We had Gabby Giffords, who was oh, almost horrific. killed, um, and, and some of her aides were killed. Uh, the notion that you are in danger going to school or walking out in the street or going to right, a movie theater right. or going to a, 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 a bar... Uh, I mean, are we? Is that okay now? Is that the new normal? And my hope is that it is not. And I think uh, this is a discussion right at the the heart of America that we, that we need to start having. Because in my view, the number one responsibility of government is the protection and safety of its people. That's why people band together to create their own little uh, governments. They want to be protected. Usually, in in the beginning of you know historical times, it was to be protected from other tribes or mm-hmm. other groups that would come in. And you know, if you watch. Game of Thrones. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> sure. everybody's out there. Just, but but that's a lot the of, real world. Right? Oh, I hope not. But uh, perhaps at one point in time, and, and you know, we pride ourselves in creating civilization, but we're not acting as civilized people when the answer to our differences is at the point of a gun. Uh, or a bomb, or um, and and then we start pointing the finger at different ideologies. I mean, there there's a lot more that we need to talk about in this country because it will define who we are as a people. I don't want to worry, and I don't think there's a parent out there that wants to that should worry when we send our children off to school mm-hmm. in the morning. Are they going to be able? Are they going to come home alive? I mean, what? What kind of a haven't we succeeded? World? Aren't we past that? Aren't we past that? That aren't we in a world now of sophistication and maturity where we don't have to worry about? Shouldn't we be that well, we don't have to? Yeah, worry? but we we're, we're extra not. Yeah. We are extra not, and I think uh, the more we just talk about, well, that's just the price of li- of freedom. No. You know, th- I don't no. think that's true. We have a beautiful post office here in Santa Barbara. It's really a gorgeous, you know, deco, beautiful, yeah. architecturally speaking. I mean, I, I, it's one of the places I like to take people from out of town. I really do. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful post office. It was not built by the lowest bidder. 
It was not built by a community of people who were just trying to get it done and get it out of the way. It was built by people who wanted to say, this is our post office. This is a marker of our success. This is a marker of our achievement. This is, this is what makes us a great society is that we all threw in on this. We all put some skin in the game, as you say, and built this post office that we all get to come to and experience. And that should be what we should be doing, right? It's like choosing these, these this building things as a society, as a community, that we can be exceptionally proud of and that we will then protect Right. Well, societies, you know, throughout history, you look at the churches of uh, Europe and, and other, you know, that, that are um, supposed to be symbols of a fealty to someone other than ourselves. Mm. But frankly, uh, um, I, I find myself really scratching my head when people say, I don't want to pay taxes. Yeah. Um, well, you know, w- granted, if the money isn't being used wisely, but it's an investment. We all... Uh, live in a world that we don't live on a, in an island. We mm-hmm. live, we interact and interrelate with other people all the time. And uh, it, I think at some point in this country, we used to recognize that fact, that we are stronger as together. a united together, as a social entity than we are as individuals. I mean, this whole notion of um, saying, look at, look at me, I'm a billionaire and I, and I don't pay taxes. Why should I have to pay taxes? Why should anybody have to pay taxes if you're smart enough not to? Well, here's the reason. Because when you have, when you have to share that actually lifts you up as well. Yeah. Like to be able to walk into a beautiful building like that with great pride that said, this was sort of a, uh, a building, a monument to our success, to our creativity, to our appreciation of the aesthetic, uh, to inspire the next generation. What happened yeah. to our concern about yeah. our children and grandchildren? Uh, isn't something that, that made America great, the notion that we were gonna build on mm-hmm. uh, what our parents and uh, grandparents and great-grandparents did for us we we stand on the shoulders of the last generation but not anymore and uh, we should be investing in education we should be investing in these children who otherwise come to school hungry we should be making sure we've got such a huge divide I, I ask people when is enough enough when do you have enough money the, this whole notion and you know we, we've seen a little of it in the entrepreneurial world but we're also seeing people now going stop I don't need a 10,000 right. square foot house right. I don't need to drive a $500,000 car what I need is I need to have a place for, for my family for my children so that I can be a good parent so that my children will re- recognize me when they grow up that mm. I will have fond memories of the time we spent together and not to all the you know when people are on their deathbeds they don't say gosh I wish I should I could have spent more time at the office. <laughs> and, and, and we're at that point now because we have become so driven by, by having wealth and opulence that that is the measure of success. And the measure of success for a country is having a strong middle class where people get to share, where, they become, where they're part of a community. You put together these groups. What a great feeling when a group gets together and can create something it's, like a team. We're seeing it all over the region, right? We're specifically seeing it with the, in the startup world, there's these incubators where we've got lots of little companies coming together and the energy that happens in there. That is so exciting to be around. And then when you talk about hope, I mean, you go in there, it's, it's all hope, it's all upside for them, right? Because they're just thinking of, oh, I've got this billion dollar idea. And what's interesting, I think there's a, there's an, 
ethos that's evolving, which isn't about, part of it is, hey, I want to make a billion, I want to be the new Facebook. There's, that's going to drive some of it. But uh, there is this rise of social entrepreneurialism mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we didn't have before. Right. That is, uh, I, I want to do well by doing good, that, that slogan, uh, the whole 501C, the, the B Corps right. that have come up that um, how can I give back? Exactly. We've talked a lot about that on the show. We've had, we've had people here who were, no, I, I'm young and I'm going to give back. And it's like, oh, really? Well, and, and think about it too. Look at the, the state of the planet right now. <laughs> you know, driven by greed, mm -hmm. we now have, and I think, I don't know, even the last holdouts, I guess they still don't believe that there's climate change going on. But, you know, with fires ablaze, with drought at, at severe conditions, with the uh, average temperature on the planet having heated up uh, over the last 10, 20, 30 years to levels never seen in, in, the in history. The hottest years in record in the exactly. last 10 decades. We yeah. have a, a responsibility or this planet is going gonna, is gonna to burn up or otherwise, you know, is that our legacy? Is that what we want our legacy to be for our children? I don't think so. And so I, it is exciting to see people going, whoa, you know, I, I want to do well and do good and I don't want to create a product that's going to pollute the planet mm. that's, or that's going to make people sick. Mm -hmm. I want something that's going to uh, advance society. And, and I hope that we, we see that. You know, I'm doing some legislation now uh, dealing with something as simple as drones. Mm -hmm. Well, they're, they're, they anticipate by 2020 there are going to be 7 million drones in the air. It's the new vehicle. It's an, except we have ask a drone yourself, recording us right now. Uh, well, that may be, but but the problem is that people don't want drones hovering face to face right. with them right. because people have a need for their space, sure. a need for privacy. Here in California, privacy is so important; it's written right into our constitution. It's one of our fundamental rights. And yet, when people fly, you know, right now it's the wild west with drones. Mm -hmm. It's this new technology. Nobody anticipated that the, the things that they could do. Some of them fabulous things that they can do to advance society. But for people who just decide they want to fly a drone inside your backyard or over a schoolyard or we've had incidents we had one fellow in Japan they're talking about uh, reinstituting their their military and um, uh, one fellow uh, to voice his objection flew a drone that was carrying a little bit of radioactive material and landed it on the roof of the prime minister's house oh my uh, there's been a drone that that dropped contraband into a prison yard almost creating mm. um, a uh, riot I uh. mean you talk about the good and the bad right now we have no rules I would love to see the tech industry yeah. come in and say you know what Hold on for just a minute. We want to support reasonable rules because people are still people, no matter how advanced the technology well, is. Gets, this gets back to what you said, that the role of government was protection and safety of the people. It's, so that's, it's primary role. But, yeah, I mean, and, you know. The, well, the drone lobby is just vicious. Big drone. Yeah, big drone. Big drone uh, where they come in and they really just, you know, shove the air around. Well, uh, yes, I know that well. Let, <laughs> let me turn things just a little bit. Sure. Um, so it, 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 we listen to this, and part of me might want to despair. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, what can I do? I'm one voice. Mark Sylvester right? you know, never just, despairs. Well, that's, well that, that's just me. But I'm thinking of my listener who might be thinking, you know, what, what can I do? And I'm of a mind, you know, I'm a Tedster, and, you know, there's... This our, our, the mission is ideas worth spreading. 
And can one person on one stage and someplace on a planet have an idea that changes everything? I'm going to hold on to that as a belief. Absolutely. Right? And, and that that, in fact, look at the what has happened with TEDx, for instance, 3,000 this year. It's a movement. Mm -hmm. There's hundreds of thousands of people who are now paying attention to what, what if it were a different way. And, and getting those voices on stage that we're not hearing, right? The, the ones who can get on stage are on stage, but all of us local organizers, let's, let's find those local voices and give them a, a world stage. So having said that, how does an individual who does care and want to contribute to the, con to the conversation, mm -hmm. how do they get heard and not get shouted out? I mean, how does, like, how do, how do they, let's talk about gun violence and all of that, right? Okay, one guy got up in Congress and stood and talked for, you know, 15 hours and, and to make a point, but can civilians, what can civilians oh, absolutely. do? Well, you know, this is still a democracy. You get your vote. Your voice is your vote. Uh, or your vote is your voice. I, I never quite understand, but it's, but it's the same. We each have a vote. We each have a right. Thank goodness we still have a democracy where we allow people to get up and speak. Uh, and I think that that is critical. And part of, I won't say despair, but disappointment is how few people actually exercise their mm. right to Well, that's, that's where I'm, yeah, that's, I'm kind of going there. And we shouldn't, and, but, but people have become very cynical. They think their voice doesn't matter, but that's not true. And so, again, remembering, too, that those who want to control things, control by fear. And as I said earlier, really, the only emotion more powerful than fear is hope. And so it's critically important that we give people hope. Uh, when Obama first ran for president, what was his theme? The audacity of hope. Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, Bill Clinton ran, he came from hope, Arkansas. I mean, <laughs> fortuitous. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, truly. Um, and, and so I think that we have to um, uh, sort of ignore or, or work beyond and uh, past the naysayers. Uh, who, who really try to control things through fear and talk about how we can do it better. TED Talks, uh, getting together uh, with friends and talking about have, envisioning a better future and how we can make it better. And frankly, I think it starts at the, the most fundamental level, which is the family. Hmm is that you, you, t you, know, you talk within your family about how we can make our lives better, how giving back and, and helping those who are in need um, makes us better people. And, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't be foolish to think that everybody's going to be so happy to see us. But, you know, you talk about insisting on having a positive attitude about things. Yes. Let's not let the, the, the naysayers and the fear mongers take over because uh, when, when that happens, we lose. And, and we just can't, we can't let that happen. So optimism, uh, positive thinking, um, understanding each other, better respecting each other's differences. Uh, it's amazing, by finding common ground, it's amazing what you can do. It, it engenders trust, it restores trust, um, and we just can't let the bullies and the bad guys uh, prevail. Let's not do that. Let's not. We have come to the end of this conversation, just like, bam, it, it, you know, it just, it just happens. Now, I, I understanding you're running for re-election, yes? Correct, yeah. 
and uh, and your area is because we have people who listen from all over the world. We're in. I did a count yesterday. Oh yeah, how are we doing? Forty-seven countries. Of course, wow. Are. Yeah, Very yeah, forty-seven countries. Good. So it's um, half the audience is in the U.S. Half of that is here in the region. So we we try to look at themes and try to make them universal as possible. And I think this conversation really will speak to any citizen in any country, right? Like, what are they doing? How can they, they vote, you know, were they, though we do have a lot of uh, listeners in Venezuela. I'm not mm. sure what the democracy is like it's there. It's coming around. It's coming, it's around. coming so, around. So all We're you hopeful. Venezuelans that yeah. are listening, thank you. And, uh, you know, it's show up. Right? And, and at the family level, I like that. It's, um, I heard as I was over here that when you find those cranky kids, a lot of times there's cranky parents. And so let's not be <laughs> cranky as parents. Well, you know, I, I think the, it's not a perfect world. So I think yeah. it's important that we teach our young people how to deal with things that aren't necessarily the way we'd like them to be. Mm. And to teach respect for, other, for each other. And that violence uh, is not the answer. That uh, that we can and should use our words, as they say. And, you know, this year, just this week, we did a budget, um, and uh, as the chair of the Legislative Women's Caucus, uh, we were able to get the um, biggest investment in early care and education that we've seen in decades in oh, California. Good, good. Because we know yeah, that those yeah, early years yeah. are so critical. So as a society, let's invest in those early years. When you're an entrepreneur, when you're a business person, it's about investment. Let us invest in our future. Let us invest in these children so that they... Uh, that they understand, and they're going to make the world a better place. You know, teach your children well, an old song well, from my so old they'll, era. They'll, so they'll take care of us. Well, that would be helpful, too. <laughs> at, at this point in the show, um, we, we like to wrap a bow around the conversation and, and give it a name because when we look at those 100 episodes, and they all have titles, and someone has listened to one, and they're like, oh, wait, I want to listen to another one. So they just scan the titles to find hmm. something you're like, oh, that looks interesting. I think I'll, they may not know the person, probably don't know the person, but the idea gets them. So you get first dibs on Whoa. naming this. Okay. And um, I, have a, I, I have a name in case you haven't that's thought odd. Of you normally don't. I do don't. That. I know, mm. and I just. Um, That's a tricky one because I yeah. haven't thought of a name. But if I, if I, if there were a takeaway to this, it would be, uh, remain hopeful, um, get involved, and um, um, envision the future, uh, and participate in the process that allows us to have a say in what that future looks like. And I love that as the subhead. <laughs> You're asking a lawyer? Two or three words. Can we turn <laughs> that into a haiku? <laughs> uh, <laughs> how about finding common ground? That sounds good to mm. me. Yeah. See how we did that. Thank you so much My for pleasure. joining Thank us. Thank you. How, now, how do people find you on the interwebs? Well, let's see. Uh, we have a, um, a website, which is... Uh, uh, Let's so see. we'll put that in the show notes. Please, yes. Yeah, we'll, so we'll do that so they can find you there. Yeah, or they can Google uh, Hannah Beth Jackson. And, and you show up at the top should, of the list. I should. There's a, there are a couple others. I never, uh, you know, I've always had a very unusual name. I was the only Mark Sylvester for a while until nah, I found nah, out there nah, were. Nah, nah, yeah. There aren't too many Hannah hyphen Beths. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much. I have Thank a 17-year-old Patrick Melroy in Iowa. Really? He showed up on Facebook. He's really into uh, motorcycles. My other one is a guitar player, so I get the, could you please send me the lyrics to last night's? Oh, and it's like, oh. Yeah. And so I just send them to him. He lives in Boston, ah, of all places. Okay. So um, I want to uh, thank again California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services, our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Connect project, now in our third year, is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them as well. And you can find out more information about us at 805connect.com. Patrick, we come to that time in the show when um, we're going to ask the user to do something. Yeah. Yeah. What would that be today? Re-elect Hannah Beth Jackson. Oh, that there you go. Number, oh. number one on our list is... And is could they mail in votes from the 46 countries? Uh, oh, oh, hold on one sec. Um, I would say vote early and vote often, is, is, uh, <laughs> as, as Mayor Daly used to say. We're not in Chicago. No, yes. but, um, uh, and then uh, the other thing is just uh, if you know somebody in this region, uh, send them a little note and let them know uh, that, that they should be uh, supporting representatives who support them. Uh, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So um, I'd love to hear from you personally. Um, I, Patrick, I ran into a listener uh, getting a coffee, coffee this morning. This morning. Yeah. Someone said, oh, you're Mark Sylvester. You do that podcast. And I was like, yay, I love Isn't that. that. I just yeah. love that. Yeah. You know someone's listening, yep. right? Uh, and, and that's fantastic. So let me know what you like about the show. Just send me a note. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.